This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. What's up, bees? Hello. Welcome to the Brit on Blast podcast, where we put everything and anything on blast. Britton, what is our roundup this week? This week, we're going to be talking about comfort zones and the beauty of life when you get out of your comfort zones and just how it makes us uncomfortable, but you're better off for doing it. And really having the opportunity to progress by moving out of your comfort zones. It's interesting because after we recorded comfort zones, what, like two or three weeks ago, I bought this book called The Mountain Is You. And um, it's by Brianna Weist, I think, Weist. And she talks about how basically humans want to be comfortable. We want to be in the space of comfort. And we do things like we self-sabotage, not intentionally, but it's just to get back to that comfort zone. It's a fascinating book. I'd highly recommend it. It's an easy read too. Um, But yeah, it's interesting because I was reading and I'm like, oh, we could have really used some of these notes for the pod. Yeah. Like she talks about judgment and how usually like judgment only brings you closer to your comfort zone because basically you are um, you're so uncomfortable with the fact that somebody else is having the success. So you're trying to like bring them back down to your level so that you can feel more comfortable mm-hmm. in your space. But then in hindsight, that mm-hmm. really only deters you from achieving the success that you could, because if you weren't judging, you're creating like a subconscious um, negativity with the success that they're having in your mind. And then that is only setting you back further. Like you're not going to reach the goals that they or reach the things that they've reached because now you've created this negative attachment to the thing that they've achieved, which is actually success, which is great for them. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And like, obviously judgment is, you know, a negative across the board, but like when you're judging someone, you're really just shooting yourself in the foot. Like it's just refrain from doing that if you can but it's kind of like a natural innate thing that we do as humans right yeah yeah it's a safety Um, thing that we do okay so so excited for comfort zones how is your week going what are you doing i miss you we i'm recording live from nashville right now and last week Britt was in la so we haven't seen each other for two weeks now yeah, I don't know. You guys can't see us, obviously, but Britain can see how ADHD I am right now. I can't fucking sit still today. Um, I'm great. I'm having a great time. I'm so happy to be home. I finally just feel like not out of my mind. I had such a great time with my friends and their kids and getting to like my girlfriend. I got to meet my girlfriend, Candon. I mean, I've always known her fiance, but like I then got to meet her entire family and friends and everything like that. I knew her mom and dad, but it just was such a great experience getting to see all of them. And like, we were just outside in the sun and celebrating Candon and Matt having their baby. It just was like the highlight of my life. And I learned a lot while I was there too. And it's so funny because the whole time they were like teasing me a little bit about Brit on Blast because, you know, it's funny. Like, I feel like especially in LA, people say they have a podcast and it literally means nothing and like kind of means nothing for us yeah. too, but like also is wonderful. And it's like a fun thing that we do. And the whole time they were like, they do something, they'd be like, are you going to put this on blast? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you're all, if you're lucky. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, That's so fun. But yeah, it was, it was the joy of my life. We got to sit around a campfire. So I got like a little piece of home. I got to see my buddy. If y'all are listening from LA, please go to Lifted Botanical Bar, also known as Space Bar in Pasadena for some kava for anything. Like they, he has like a fitness. It's, it is the most amazing space. I was so grateful to be able to see him and his business and we're going to have him on the podcast. So Awesome. He's a cool that guy. sounds amazing. How was your week? Can't wait to meet him. 
So I am in Nashville right now, which is awesome. We got here yesterday and not only is today one of my favorite days just because of all the twos in it, 22 is my number. It is also my youngest sister's birthday. And so we came and it's just um, my mom and then um, my two sisters and my sister's best friend, who's like practically my third sister. Um, and so it's just been so much fun. Last night we went out to Broadway and I mean, I'm a huge country music fan. Like it just like speaks to my mm -hmm. soul. Like my mom raised me on country music, like the old school, like seventies, eighties, like Waylon Jennings, Don Williams, like all of it. And so, um, just like being at a honky tonk with my mom, listening to the best live music in the world. I mean, and it's like music that we like, you know? And so we just sat there for hours. We had so much fun. And today we're going to the grand old Opry and I'm so, so excited for that. Yes. So things are really good here in Nashville. Um, as far as work goes, it was like kind of poor timing because like so much shit is going down with Murdoch's, which is, I'm so excited for, but I'm just like overwhelmed. And I feel like this week, you know, came kind of at a, a hard time as far as like being mm -hmm. gone. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what, you can't control it. And I'm going to make the most of it while I'm here. Um, but really exciting things in the works for Murdoch's, but I hate to talk about things that don't actually happen. And so I hate people that are like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, no, 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 do it. Like, don't just wait. say it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. So I'm not going to like talk about it just because, you know, I want to make sure everything kind of shakes out, but I'm really excited. Yeah. I honestly, that's been such a lesson for me, especially since having a business. Like every time I talk about something because I get so excited and it's, it's just me in the business. So it's like, you know, I talk to my friends about it because I like get excited and every fucking time I do that. It falls through like it never. So it's, it is best yes. to keep it inside. So hopefully we're announcing well, exciting and like, things for Murdoch soon. Yes. Then. But that is like the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur um, is like, we do get that full emotional, like full send like roller coaster ride, you know, like we're on our way up and like we have all these amazing visions and it's going to be amazing. But, you know, after taking this ride so many times, I know that it's never the way that you project it to be. And mm -hmm. so I'm just like, you know, it's exciting and it's definitely a big step forward. But like I said, I'm not going to talk about it until it happens. So it's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> Thanks, Boo. Well, I miss you so much. It's so great to see your face. So we are so excited for you guys to hear comfort zones and um yeah get on out of them y'all get on out of those comfort zones and do the hard things because they're always worth it for sure and with that sure. enjoy so brit because this is in your wheelhouse, why the Automobile Museum? I mean, you know, for me, it's about the cars all day long. I love cars. I like old cars, new cars, all the things. For me, the fact that they have the DeLorean here and the Batmobile in the same room is like, it's, it's like, a, it's ha it makes my heart happy. Um, so that's why for me, but I think for like someone like us, like doing things with all of our friends, like yeah, 160 of our close friends yes. could go to the theater. In any movie that you want, they have so many things to offer. The space camp for your kids, if you like need a little break or you want to look at the cars. Reno's just really lucky to have it. It's one of the biggest collections, I think, in the country, yeah. which is awesome. It's so cool. And the fact that it's here in the biggest little city is like the coolest thing ever. So yeah, grab a bottle of tequila yeah. and come on into the theater. Yes, back to the future. Get all your friends, 160 of them, so the whole town of Reno. So everyone you know. <laughs> and watch a movie. Yep. You can find tickets at the uh, automuseum.org. Yeah. And yeah, that's where, that's where you go get your tickets. Perfect. Fun day. Britain, tell us what BLFT is all about because you know it's my favorite place to shop. The Biggest Little Fashion Truck is a family-owned and operated boutique on wheels. We got started five years ago because I had this deep desire to make women feel more confident. And I found out that one of the many ways you can enhance your confidence was through clothing. Hence our why, confidence through clothing. We love some confidence in our lives. We pride ourselves in bringing back that old school expertise in customer service by providing an experience, whether it be at our pop-up events around town. We love the pop-up events. I'm at those with her all the time and they are fire. Or we have a storefront, the Babe Cave, 
We just want each and every babe to feel better and be ready to be seen after shopping with us. Shop us online at the Babe Cave or our pop-up events at local businesses around town. We can't wait to see you and a little something special we have for you. Use promo code BOB20 for 20% off your purchase online. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be shopping today. As y'all know, we've had a few business owners on here and have quite a few more that are going to be dropping in the coming months. I'm really excited. Um, Amy from Breathe Bar. We just had Natalie Mills on. Um, Ryan, who is a local DJ, who's phenomenal. What we realize with all of them is that they are the men in the arena and that every day they wake up and do hard, super uncomfortable things that push their businesses and themselves forward. So we wanted to talk a little bit about comfort zones. Right. So when you say the men in the arena, it's like you're the one that is putting yourself out there and then the crowd is looking at you. Right. So that's what we mean by that. And so with the crowd comes like criticism yep. and judgment. And when you own a business, you are, you know, living your passion. You are putting yourself out there every single day. So that's what we mean by that. But yeah. we're talking about comfort zones and we're so excited for this one because I think that I mean, just this is a accumulation of like what we've talked about over the last few podcasts and how you said last year was like so difficult for you. And pretty much you lived your life outside of your comfort zone last year is what we kind of have realized. And, you know, me too as well. Yeah. And so we're going to get into that. We've all heard the phrase life begins at the end of your comfort zone. But what does that actually mean? Why are we so afraid of leaving our comfort zones? And how do we get out of that cycle of being afraid? Yeah. Do you want to get us? We love it. So I want to just, I know as we were doing this outline for you guys, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all we ever do is give definitions. Like here's the thing about a definition. It's factual. Mm -hmm. There's no arguing it. It is in the dictionary. Like it is the definition of a word. So why we start with the definition is so that you guys can understand a factual, like undeniable truth of something mm -hmm. and then we can break it down for you. So well, that's and what it's we're doing. easily understandable. Like yeah. when you break down a definition of a word, like because words can be used in so many different mm -hmm. ways in so many different, like, I don't know, environments. Yeah. Context. You know, right. Like, yeah. yeah. Context is the word I was looking for. So many different contexts. So it's like with a definition, you just, it kind of just brings you back and like makes you realize what it actually means. So get into the definition of a comfort zone. Yeah. So the definition of a comfort zone is a psychological state in which things feel familiar to a person and they are at ease and in control of their environment experiencing low levels of anxiety and stress in this zone, a steady level of performance is possible. So this definition alone, and this is what I took from this and I like cannot, to me, when I was reading the definition of a comfort zone, it was like, <laughs> okay, I don't even need to do any more research on this. Like we could just break down this right. meaning into like what it actually is. So one it's a psychological state. It's literally all in your head. Yeah. I mean, right. like, so when you're at ease, complacency can sneak in and you can get the feeling of being stuck. So just unstick yourself. Right. right. Like, isn't it that simple? The other piece if only if only. Right. And then two, leaving it will make you vulnerable. Okay. And we're going to get into all of these. And things. that's why you don't want to do it because it's so much easier to stay in a controlled, at ease, familiar environment. Yeah, because it's supposed to give you low levels of anxiety and stress. Which is what we all are after. Right, which leads us to number three, that a steady level of performance is possible. It's not even guaranteed. Right. So what's the point? I know, that one really gets to me. It's like, you could either get out of your comfort zone or you can't, but it's if you stay in that, you know, familiar at ease environment, you still aren't guaranteed, you know, this level of performance. Yeah. So why not just try it? Yeah. So we did pull together some facts for you guys. So Britton, can you bring it back to what we always bring it back to? Yes, of <laughs> course. Okay. So the British Heart Foundation um, found that six out of 10 people would rather die than work out. Yeah. That when faced with imminent death, people are not willing to make changes to their eating habits or activity levels. That's in Britain. And we know America is even more 
fucked up. So 80% of us are not getting enough exercise. Yeah. And that's according to Healthline, just to give you guys an idea, an idea. Of course, we had to bring it back to working out because it's us and that is what we do. And it's a perfect example to bring it full circle. It is truly like we've talked about on our habits episode, like working out for Britain and I is non-negotiable because it makes our mental health so much better. You guys can hear the cheer in my voice. It's literally because I went to a workout this morning. Pilates same, is my boyfriend. Same. Yes. Pilates is the best. But also if you're that person that hasn't worked out in a long time, that doesn't mean that you can't start. It's getting out of your comfort zone, right? It's just yeah. taking that leap and you'll be so much happier that you did. So do you want to? Yeah. So I, I would love to break down the definition even further and challenge the idea of staying in your comfort zone, because let's be real. Starting anything is not easy. Starting my business was not easy. Starting this podcast. Actually, this podcast was the easiest thing we've ever done in our lives. So yeah, but it was scary and it definitely brought us out of our comfort zone and like putting yourself out there opens you up to criticism. Like I said, so it is, I mean, I'm every time we come in here and the mic is in front of me, like I'm out of my comfort zone. I settle in and now we know what to expect. So it's not like this what's going to come next. And we're kind of, I guess we're expanding our comfort zone, but it's still uncomfortable. It's still super uncomfortable. And I would love to talk about something that you and I talk about every single time we finish a podcast. Every time we leave this space, we're always like, that sucked. Like we gave too much information. They know too much about us. Like it's too scary. Every Wednesday morning, I'm like, we're about to get canceled. Like literally every Wednesday morning, I'm like, here we go. Right. That's it. Like what's going to happen next? And I will be honest with you guys. Like my past isn't always such a beautiful place. And what we're learning. But whose is. And, and whose is. But my past is coming back for me. Y'all like they got things to say. They don't like people don't like to see growth out of someone. It's uncomfortable for them because they want that kind of growth for themselves. So let's talk about why. Let's break down comfort zones because I'm going to get on a tangent and y'all know how that is. So your comfort zone is a psychological state. It's all in your head and you have the power to change it. (laughs) I'm super spastic today. No, (laughs) it's hard. You guys, it's really hard not to hit the microphone. So if you hear like a clink, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Just like knocked it. My hands are moving today. Sorry. Okay. So it's all in your head and you have the power to change it. So jump back in. You know how before you go to the gym, you make up every excuse. You're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to do this. It takes you like 30 minutes to like put your shoes on and you're dreading it. And like we talked about in our habits episode, Uh, When you make it obvious and attractive and eliminate the friction Mm -hmm. to whatever habit you're trying to create and just go, you always feel amazing afterwards, right? Like after a workout, the endorphins set in and you're so happy you did it. I don't think there's one time that you're like, get in your car after a workout and you're like, well, I really regretted that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Like never, never. Even on a day two workout, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to make it through this. My body hurts. Mm -hmm. Like I know I have Tiffany tomorrow. Wednesday morning is Tiffany and she always crushes my body. And I went this morning, I'm like, I'm gonna be sore tomorrow. But what I'll tell you is that every time I go to the second workout, then after my muscles are not as sore because I've struck, wow, I've like stretched them and Mm -hmm. strengthened them again. So then I'm not as sore. Right. And it's like, you're not always at your best, right? No. But it's just showing up. Like last week I was like, I had to talk myself into going and I was not feeling well. I was like in a bad place. And But I just showed up and got through the workout. It wasn't my best workout, but whatever. I did it and I got through it and I was happier. and My day was better off for it. Yep. So let's talk about... Um let's say you go right afterwards. You're feeling so amazing. You've changed your perspective on the gym by simply just going to the gym, just showing up. Your mental health is the first thing to see a positive improvement. Then your physical health, you can lift more, run further, breathe deeper, hold that plank a little bit longer. And just your everyday life is easier going upstairs, loading things into your car, getting in and out of your car. Yeah. Like those are small things, but when you work out, those things become easier. Stamina for like the good things and the hard things, if you know what I mean. (laughs) For all the goods. (laughs) And then your physical appearance. So you start looking like an absolute snack. Your clothes fit better or become loose. I wish you guys could see the hand movements. Yeah, (laughs) it's so great. Um, Or become loose and people start to comment. Mm -hmm. Okay. They say this process takes about six weeks. I will tell you right now, the last piece that I just shared with you is where your physical appearance or your like environment starts to change and becomes more positive, And then people start to comment. Well, I feel like you need to talk about this one because- Because it's happening to me? Yes. So now you've become vulnerable. Because you, I mean, you look amazing. And it's not just because you've lost weight, but it's also because like you I've just look people. healthy. You, 
your face, like your skin, you just, and you seem happier. So like, it's not just about your physical appearance. Like your health starts from the inside out and it's literally like exerting out of you. And a lot of people have a lot of things to say about my body, which is interesting. And everybody always has because I am six feet tall. So people are like, it's always the first comment that's made. Mm -hmm. Like people comment on my hair a lot too, because it's like really thick and huge and large and people love love it. And I love it about myself too. I have great hair. I Mm -hmm. appreciate that about myself. If I say anything about it, I feel like um, egotistical. And so it makes me uncomfortable to Mm -hmm. talk about the way that I look because I do know I am, I am aware of how I look. I also don't want people to know me for the way that I look. Right. I want you to know me for how intelligent I am, how hard I've worked, right. what I'm capable of doing, how strong I am, how kind I was. Like those things are important to me. The way that I look isn't as important. But you f- are going to do those things better if you look good because then you feel good. Right. And I, I totally get that. I mean, in throughout my life, I have my body has been completely different. Yeah. I mean, when I was playing, like I've said before, I, but I was like, I was strong as shit. Like I, um, could lift a ton. How much? I, I want to know. Tell oh me. my God. No, gosh. I was like <laughs> hang cleaning. I had like traps. Like I'm, I wasn't like my favorite thing and everyone's like, Oh, I didn't notice. But like, yeah, you, you noticed. noticed. Well, and yeah, you, you did notice. Like I was so strong. And so, uh, and like thick and I kind of just didn't love that. Yeah. And so then I tried to figure out how to change that. And mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not changing it for anyone else. I'm not changing it for other people to say, oh, you look good. I'm changing it so that I feel better. All right. So you guys know that I live for Western wear, specifically my boots and my hat. So I want to talk a little bit about a brand new brand that is new to Reno, Nevada and is from our beautiful babe over here. So Britton, tell us what Murdoch's is. Well, first of all, hats have been one of my truest loves since I was a kid. I swear I had a hat on in every single picture as a child. And then they quickly became a BLFT signature. We couldn't find the hat that was just perfect. And so we decided to design our own. Murdoch's is a family brand that started in the great state of Nevada in the 1950s. My great grandparents started Murdoch's Western wear. Fast forward 60 years, the Murdoch sisters recreate this homegrown brand by curating a hat line that embodies the spirit of Nevada. We were raised in this amazing state and we watch a Nevadan's ability to put in a hard day's work on the ranch followed by a hard night's play at the casinos. We pulled inspiration from the everyday beauty around us, the sunsets, Lake Tahoe, the mountains, and the forests. I'm not gonna lie, I have full body chills right now because you hit so many nails on the head just now. Like there's nothing that screams Reno, Nevada more than family and community and a little bit of Western. So the fact that you put all of our favorite things together and then you made it all about like bringing back the roots of your family brings me so much joy. Y'all need to check out Murdoch's Hats. Where do you find them? Murdoch'sHatsAndApparel.com. We love it. Go shop y'all. I would like to say too, that a lot of people have noticed. I remember I got, when I got divorced, everybody, I dropped weight quick, like quick. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, what are you doing? Like, how did you lose so much weight? I mean, you guys, I, I dropped like 40 pounds in like not even six months. Like it was, it just fell off of me. And like, it's, I'm not putting that on other people. Like they're noticing a change in you. Like it's hard not to notice that. It's like when someone cuts their hair, you're like, oh, you you, you cut know, your hair. Right. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that somebody changed. What? 40 pounds. 40 pounds, like instantaneous. That's, I mean, it melted off of me. A shit ton of weight. And people were like, well, what are you doing? And it was this weird pressure of like, am I supposed to be doing something? And my answer was always like, yo, I'm just like happy. <laughs> but they automatically assume you're like unhealthy or like it's, yeah. So what I learned and like my mom and I always talk about that. She's like, you started eating the way that you like to eat. I didn't have to think of another person's what they like to eat. I was just eating what I wanted to eat. And I eat pretty healthy. Like I'm a pretty clean eater. Mm -hmm. And then by choice, I I enjoy eating like I'm a meat and veg kind of girl. And then in addition to that, I didn't have the stress. Like, can we talk about your adrenals for a second? Like, I don't have the stress that I had being like bullied every day in my own home. So it was like, it just was a different experience anyway. So 
at that point you become vulnerable. Okay. And I'm just going to jump back into this because I don't really want to talk so much about like my weight gain and loss, but you're now the man in the arena because people are commenting on you. I we've, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Maybe you're a thirst trap. Maybe you lost the weight too fast. I remember that happened to my mom when she lost weight. Um, people want to know your secrets. Some people are just flat out stoked for you, but the attention changes and it's hard for you not to internalize those things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And it is uncomfortable. So what really helped me, because I've experienced this, not with just the weight, but like, you know, we started this podcast and now we are, we were before Haven and Flux. Like we've talked about the first time that I was someone recognized me at a bar and I was wasted and I was like, I've got to go. I literally just like left the bar. It's uncomfortable for sure. It's uncomfortable. And so Britain to make me feel better said on one of the podcasts, but then she kept saying it to me until it literally sank into my brain. She was like, you are now the man in the arena. That is a Theodore Roosevelt quote. And this is what it says. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I love that quote so much. It like every time I read it, it just gives me all the feels and I just feel it down to my core. You know, I just like it. And I went home and read the actual quote. Cause she's like, there's a full thing. You got to read it. Yeah. Like the man, the men in the arena, like that's just the title of it. But I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about that or like and are familiar with it. I just remember like, my dad growing up, he's always like 110%. Like mm-hmm. whatever you do, if you're going to commit to something, give it 110% every single time and you're going to fail. Right. When you put yourself out there, I can promise you that you will fail many more times than you will see- succeed. Success is only acquired through failure. Right. You have to walk through the fire and you have to be willing to take the heat from those cold and timid souls who will never know what you had to go through to get where you are. Nobody knows your story. Like if I could, if I could, drill something into everybody's head. And I remember, you know, we talked about this person who tried to tear me down on Facebook, right? I remember, and I said this to them, I said, you know, it makes me sad for him because I know he's going through something really hard. Like something is so wrong in his mind that he feels that he needs to do this. Mm -hmm. That's a bummer. Like Mm -hmm. that makes me sad for him. Right. But it, Let's give people, it's not, it doesn't make it okay. No, it doesn't. But let's also keep in mind that. Like, what is he doing? I'm sure nothing. He's probably never put himself out there and he's probably never known, you know, how to fail and then bring himself back up. Right. So he's living in his comfort zone. So he has no concept of what you're going through or what you're doing. He could also be mentally ill severely. We don't know. I don't know the answer. I can't know. Maybe his mom is dying. I don't know. Right. I don't know. That's the thing. So just rising above it. I love in the, this quote. But he says, you have to walk through the fire and you have to be willing to take the heat from those cold and timid souls who will never know what you had to go through to get where you are. Yeah. I feel this so much like, you know, you have to be able to take the heat and you have the failures, but you don't know what it feels like to have that victory if mm-hmm. you didn't have that failure. The victory is so much sweeter because of all the failures along yeah. the way. It's about the journey. It's about the process. It's about putting yourself out there, failing time and time again. And then when you do get that victory, it feels so much better. I go back to thinking about people who are handed everything Mm -hmm. or who haven't really had to work for it. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for them because they don't have that that feeling of failure and then that feeling of victory. The feeling of victory makes everything worth it. Yeah. And anytime, like I talked about, anytime you put yourself out there, you open yourself up to criticism. I feel this so hardcore. Um, I will never forget the fear that I felt when I was starting BLFT. First of all, uh, telling people that I bought a fashion truck was kind of outlandish and I could just see it on their faces. And I was- Nobody was doing it. Like when you did it, nobody was, there was- It was unheard of. It was almost like I was like- 
you know, saying something that was so great, like pop-up shop did not exist. It was not a a word that was thrown around. And so people didn't understand the concept. I didn't really care about that. It was just like, mostly like the looks on their face. Like they'd be like, Oh, good luck with that. You know what I mean? And (laughs) so also I was, you know, when I told, I didn't really tell that many people, but I told my friends and family and it was hard for them to then like, I fit into this mold and I wasn't that person that they thought I was anymore. I was like breaking out. I was expanding mm-hmm. myself. So I wasn't that, you know, person that worked in athletics and was an athlete and went to grad school and did all those things. It just made sense for me to stay in that path and everyone was comfortable with it. So and I was like, actually I quit my job. I took out a fat loan and I bought a pink truck and I'm going to drive it around and sell women's clothing. And they yeah. were like, you're coming well, out of your comfort zone. Right. They were, they, I mean, there was a lot of judgment and they yeah. were like, are you sure about that? So, you know, I obviously had to stay true to myself, but, um, I was telling them that, like fashion was who I am now, you know, and I, I had to literally change my identity. And I, like I said, I didn't tell many people, but when I finally had the truck upping, I quit my job and I gave myself like a month and I finally got the truck ready and I sent out a flyer to like my closest family and friends. And I wish I could find the flyer because it's, it was five years ago. It's so janky, but, um, I was doing a soft opening and I did it in this church parking lot by my parents' house. And it was like the first of it. I went on this buying trip and I like had all these bags of clothes. I brought them back and I got the truck all ready. And the whole time I didn't sleep for a month. I was just so worried. Like, would anybody like what I picked out? Like, would they even shop with like, what was going to be the takeaway from it? And the night before the event, I, 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 borderline had a panic attack and I did not sleep at all. But you know what? I was going through that of like putting myself out there, you know? And I mean, I didn't know that I didn't know if it was going to be received and I could have done the soft opening and given up, you know, but I was just so worried. And it was like that getting out of my comfort zone. Um, man, I'm getting like emotional talking about this. It's just crazy. And it was so long ago, but, and look where you are now though. I mean, it's like you're buying everything. Cause I'm thinking, cause I've been in the, I have been in the product sales environment for 15 years now. No, it's too many. We're not going to do that. Um, and I always say like you and Nat are very good buyers. Like everything Thanks. that you buy is very strong. Like, you know, your client, you know, your demographic. And I honestly respect that in both of you so much. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, there was a point where she didn't even have a brick and mortar. Like you don't even have any clue as to what your customer is going to buy. Like that original buy had to, and it's, you guys buying clothes, like it is an investment and you don't even know if you're going to sell it. So you're literally, it is a shot in the dark and you are spending your hard earned money Mm -hmm. to just like, and I mean, I would have just blacked out. I would have been like, it was so scary. I mean, I kind of, I mean, yeah. It was, it was just so overwhelming, so emotional. And, but to the point of like comfort zone is like, yeah, by putting myself out there, by taking this risk and by, you know, believing in myself enough, I unlocked things within me and traits and characteristics that I didn't even know I had. Mm. And I was forced. I made so many mistakes, like so many looking back, but overall I can say that I have become a better, more understanding, empathetic person because mm-hmm. of the things that I have felt and the experiences I had gone to. Um, and I've noticed that the people who judge and the critics that are out there are not the people that are putting themselves in the arena. They are yeah. people who don't understand what it's like to do that. And you know what I've thought about, I feel like there's so many times in my life where I like want to criticize someone. I'm like, you know what? Look, they're Mm -hmm. putting themselves out there. And you and I had this conversation about MLMs, you know, Arbon, Isogenics, all of that. Direct sales. Yeah. People talk so much shit about that. And I don't, I think, I think it's great. I think that these women are putting themselves out there. They're making the most of an opportunity. And you know what? It takes a lot to send somebody a message that says, Hey, you know, like I could, I wouldn't want to do that. So I'm like, good for you. If you're hustling, you're trying to better people's lives through health or these products, like do you, you're putting yourself out there. Also, I would just like to sit here and remind everybody that as a business owner, when I build out my company, like structure, (laughs) it's the same as a pyramid. Like it literally, like I will be the boss of everybody. And then there will be probably two people underneath me who will manage other people. And then there will be three people under each, like it literally is built out. 
it's not the model for me. No. Part, like I don't want to be doing direct sales. Cold, cold calling is not for me. Right. That's not how my strategy is, how my like energy works. So it's not going to work for me, but there are tons of people out there who it does work for. And who are you or me or anybody right. to say, yo, I'm about to stand between that person and a buck just because I'm not willing to get out of my comfort zone. Or because I have too much pride to say, oh, you work for that company. I'm not going to support you. Like, like it's shampoo. You right. need it. You're using it. Who cares? Yeah. You might one. as well support. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, there's of all the people in the crowd, there's obviously the critics and they're usually the people that aren't doing getting out of their comfort zones. But there's also the people that are your biggest fans who are cheering your name. So you mm -hmm. have to remember that for every critic you have, Britt, you have 10 people who are fans cheering your name. You, so you yeah. have some booers, but you have some cheers too. And don't let the judgment of others stop you from trying. Yeah. Is kind of what, if I, I mean, I would be full of regret if I just, if I listened to the people that said, Oh, the, good luck with that. Are you sure you want to take out that big of a loan? You should just probably keep, you know what I mean? Right. I, um, you know, I just want to remind everybody that like you see Haven and Flux, right? And everybody's like, oh, you built such a strong brand. Like da, 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 da. It is great. I, I did build such a strong brand. I'm really proud of myself for what I did. And I really do love the company and we're going to continue to move forward. It's going to be great. And I'm so excited to see what we can do as a community for the mental health and mental illness space. But I'm here to remind everybody I have failed at an entire career before this that I built. I built a career for myself and I failed at it. I failed so hard that the man who fired me cried when he <laughs> fired me. Like I cannot express that enough. I, I just want to remind people because, you know, Britain and I have businesses. So we look at this and from a business perspective of like what it takes to be the man in the arena, what it takes to be the face of a brand, what it takes to walk around a small town and know that people know who you are. And if you mess up one tiny time, like I'm single y'all, I'm going to go out on a Friday night and have a good time. And I might bring home some strays. Like I can't promise that I won't. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I trip and I fall on a stray. Okay. I don't <laughs> I can't control it. Okay? Sometimes I trip and I fall on a shot of tequila Listen, and I just, I don't I, know what to do. It just goes down. It just, goes down so smooth and I love it so much. <laughs> Tequila is my best friend. Um, but I'm human. Okay. And like, I'm here to remind you too, that like, I've learned some hard lessons in my life and I bet I'll keep failing before I reach the level of success I'm headed towards. I'm going to keep tripping up. It's not just business though. You know, like people experience it in dating personally. I'm so sick of men who are not willing to shoot their shot. I have a guy friend who um, I've known for years and years and years, like like too many years, um, who asked me for dating advice. He always asked me for dating advice. This guy is notoriously missing out on these women he adores. Like he is obsessed with my best friend and like will not talk to her. He just gets so worked up and just will not. And he just won't take a chance. So just this weekend, he asked me um, how he could slide into this girl, girl's DMs which is a girl he knows in real life. Like he knows her in real life. Like they're friends. You're like, maybe try a conversation. You don't need to slide into our DMs, bro. Like we all, well, he doesn't have her phone number. So like he has, her, like he knows her through Instagram. Got you, got he you. never got his phone, her phone number when we would all hang out because what I just explained, he's that guy. And so I told him, he was like, I don't know how to, like, what do I even say to her? And it was like, well, I would probably start with hello. And he's like, said, hi. Yeah. How, like I'm a human. Do you know what his response was? What? He goes, what, like a serial killer? <laughs> I was like, okay, um, yes, a serial killer can also say hello. They also <laughs> use the English language. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, um, we all use hello to start a conversation, <laughs> including serial killers. But it doesn't mean they own the word. Just say it. Like, say yeah. hello. How hard? It's just how we start a conversation. But that's him getting out of his comfort zone. That's him getting out of his comfort zone. And like, what happened to the basics? Or those of us who just keep making the same mistake. All right. Listen, if you're going to get out of your comfort zone, maybe you fuck up, right? You fail. It sucks. You're going to make that same mistake again. You're going to um, do it again. Probably not. Learn yeah, from it. Right. Do it again. Get it out of your comfort zone. just expedites you on your journey. Yeah. You know? Um. And so like, you messed up, for example, like this experience that I'm thinking of this person, they messed up with their, their partner, their past partner. So now they're struggling to move forward with a new one. They've met somebody that they really like. How does it make sense that you're not going to proceed with this person because you're hung up over your ex partner? Like 
what you're just going to miss opportunities because of what you're scared. Right. You're, you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. Right. They want to stay where it's familiar at ease, comfortable. Yeah. If, if you just, you might fail again. If I gave up every time I failed the first time I failed every single time I failed, I would have never learned to walk. Okay. Right. Well, everyone, like everybody, little baby me stumbled and I fell face first. I probably scraped up my face first. Like that was what I was doing before I figured out how to walk. And I bet all of us did that. Right. Like bumps, bruises, you handle it. I mean, think of all the times that like, oh my gosh, softball. Like how many times did you get hit with the ball before you actually hit it with the baseball, with the bat? Um, yeah. No, I mean, how many times do you strike out? That doesn't mean that you don't. You don't keep hitting, keep right. swinging. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and so the way that I think about it too, is like you went to the gym for a week and you didn't lose 15 pounds. Yeah, well, same. Yeah. It takes consistency. Right. Stick to it. Right. You took a chance and people said mean things to you and you tried to, and tried to tear you down. Yeah, well, same. I'm the man in the arena. Would yeah. any of you like to join me? Yeah. Um, because I didn't come all this way to be, be mediocre. And I don't know if I've said that before on this podcast, but I say it a lot in real life. And even if mediocrity isn't guaranteed in my comfort zone, according to the definition. Right. You're not even guaranteed it. Sorry. What did I just say? Even, it, did that make any sense? Yeah. I blacked like, out. Well, even if productivity is not guaranteed in your comfort zone, you might as well get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, um, but it doesn't even have to be in business. It's convenient. Like in any aspect of your life, you know, like I have so many mom friends that are like, I would never stand up and advocate for myself, but I'm good. I do it for my kids. Oh my God. Yeah. And it gets them out of their comfort zone. It's like, that is it. Like, did, you are the man in the arena at that moment. I remember my mom was never a fighter. And one time I had a, I had a high school teacher throw me up against a locker. Yikes. He like literally threw God, me How do you up. have the craziest stories? I know it, these <laughs> things happened in real life. I wow. can't believe that I've survived. Yeah. But this is the point that I'm saying is this man threw me up against a locker and my mom, who's like this quiet, sweet, kind, like never came off the rails i was like my mother's psychopath yeah no do, do not do get in not between yeah but it's, cross her babies yeah she was like i'm not comfortable with this but also like move the fuck out of the way this yeah is my daughter she right? does it with my brother every day now that's awesome So Britt, why intentional candles for mental health? Because building healthy habits around your intentions can have a positive impact on not only your mental health, but your overall productivity. I wanted to create a premium non-toxic candle that reminded my customers that life is complex and we can live in the and space. Talking about mental health and mental illness doesn't always have to be scary or depressing. Uh, sometimes it can be fun and enlightening. We are wildly unique and expansive creatures as we've talked about on the podcast before. And we can be many things in a day. And sometimes we just need to light a candle to remind ourselves who the fuck we are and what we are capable of. I 100% agree with that. Plus your candles smell so good and they fill up my whole house. I hear you have something special for our listeners. I do. I have a little promo for our bees. Y'all can head to havenandflux.com and use code BOB20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. I hope y'all enjoy. All right, number three, a steady level of performance is not even guaranteed. So even if you do stay in your comfort zone, there's a chance you could still fail. So why stay? What's the point? Yeah. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. I I'd, mean, I mean, I'd way rather take the heat for failing or for not trying. I'm sorry, or for trying than risk mediocrity and knowing I could even fail at being mediocre. Yeah. I don't want to fail at being mediocre. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Well, no, I feel like you would just be so full of regret in, in my human design. I'd be so full of bitterness. Yeah. That's when I know, like if I'm not out there trying and I'm failing, I would be bitter. Britain just literally made my heart. Well, it's true. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I, you just said human design to me. Did you just quote your human design to me? You're changing me. I love you so much. <laughs> so, I mean, people are going to have an opinion whether you do it or you don't. So you might as well full send. Um. And at the very, very, very least, you will learn a lot about yourself along the way. Like I said, I unlocked these things that I didn't even know existed inside of me. Mm -hmm. um, you'll also realize that it wasn't that hard or bad after all. Yeah. Like if you look back on your life, like I've always just been like, man, it wasn't that heavy of a load so far. You know what I mean? Like it's like 
it seems so intense in the moment and the feelings are so real. But then looking back, I'm like, well, I made it through that. I made it through that, you know? So getting out of your comfort zone seems so intimidating and it seems like this huge battle that you can't take on, but you can. And it gets easier every time. Yes. It gets easier every time. Right. And you know that you're capable of more each time. Look, I look back at my life. I look at high school. I'm like, okay, high school built me up. I had some trauma responses that then got me into a marriage where I was in a dangerous situation. It wasn't so It wasn't dangerous, but it was like not safe. Mm -hmm. I was in a very dark depression. And then I got out of that. Yeah. I got like you. And then, and then I went into another toxic relationship and then I got out of that. And now I'm here and I'm like, good luck everybody. Right. Right. Um, so I have a question for you just on like, just shooting the shot here and talking about like, you could fail at being mediocre. Mm -hmm. So like, I have a question for you. Who's your hero? Okay, I'm going to cruise it through this because we have... We're going to probably go over today and I hope Christian is okay with that. He just gave us a thumbs up. That's a- what we love about him. Okay, well then I'll get into this because I really thought about this when I saw that you were going to ask me this question. Yeah, I don't want to gloss over this. No, so um, this this really got me thinking, but it is my grandma Mary who is no longer here, but you know she's like still with me just yeah. by the way she lived her life. Um, mm-hmm. So I will just give you a quick synopsis of her life. So she's from the Azores, which are these tiny little islands off of the coast of Portugal. She's full-blooded Portuguese. Her dad and mom came over on shifts, did not speak English at all. They settled in Northern California and started dairy farms. Um, They started with literally nothing. They had nine kids, seven who survived, all born in a barn. Wow. The kids worked the farm. You know, that's what they did back then. My grandma was the second oldest. She had to switch off days going to school with her sister that was closest to her in age because they couldn't afford to send them both to school. And as she got older, her family, you know, wanted her to stay in the small town, marry someone from the small town, have kids in the small town. And she didn't do that. She was the only person in her family that left the small town. She went and got a college degree. She became a nurse. She married my grandpa, who was from an Irishman from New York City completely different upbringing, right? Fiery little fam. You yeah. got some fiery, fi- ooh, I can't talk fiery blood in you. Oh, for sure. Um, so, you know, she got out of the small town, became a nurse. She had seven kids and she worked as a nurse at night and then would raise the kids during the day. She had six girls and one boy, by the way. Also, just peace like and prayers God to her mental speed. health. <laughs> um, so she's just amazing. But like, I can't even imagine getting out of my comfort zone to that level to just, she didn't travel. You know, she hadn't been out of this small town or out of the dairy farm because you couldn't take vacations. Um, Who's going to take care of the cows? I know. And just like the confidence and like just the belief in herself and the bravery to do that is, has always, has always just like set in with me. And um, just a little tidbit, her family, her grandpa or her, my great grandpa, her dad worked his ass off in, um, they, when he died, he died a multimillionaire and had like six or seven grade a dairy farms. So this is so cool. It was crazy. I mean, they still lived as if they were living in poverty, but it was All just the richest so people do by the way, Bill I Gates. Know. <laughs> so it's just so cool. And it shows not only the power of our country, but work ethic. And, um, like as after she raised her kids, my grandma traveled the world Like she did everything and she was the warmest, most loving woman. I know this sounds very cliche, but she walked like with inner peace. I always talk about that. That was like, you could see it from a mile away. You could feel it from a mile away. Everyone who met her loved her. She was so well-read. She loved sports and competition. She loved watching me play softball and we really bonded on that. And in fifth grade, she took me to the last game at Candlestick Park, um, Giants versus Dodgers, which was like something that I'll always remember. And she has 23 something grandkids. And like, she chose me cause she knew that was important to you. Yes. So she's the one who taught me so many things. Um, and I see so much of her and my mom, which is like the best thing ever, yeah. but she taught me everything in moderation. And I'm not kidding when I say I never, ever, ever heard her say anything bad about someone else ever. Like she was just this, she was, I mean, she's my hero. So this is why she's my hero. Okay. So right. that's my hero. So imagine telling that person you failed at being mediocre because you didn't want to be uncomfortable. No. Like, it's just not an option. And like, like the reason I even, I mean, the reason I even brought that up, first off, your grandmother is an incredible person. I like, and especially just like, 
you know, we are in the grandma, we're in like grandparent stage right now. Like we've been talking a lot about grandparents and like, I think Britain and I are at the age where we're starting to see, I'm starting to see my mother in myself. And I, I saw my grandmother right? in my mom. And it's like these things that you, my whole life I've been told I'm exactly like my dad. So, which has been a scary experience for me because my dad is actually my hero. And uh, I think, I don't know if I've shared this before, but my dad is an alcoholic and he's been sober 10 years. So incredible. My dad got sober as my brother was getting diagnosed mentally ill. Wow. Yeah. The strength that it takes to even become sober in the first place is one thing. Mm -hmm. And then to even like on top of that, have what we experienced with my brother. And in the beginning, like it's not a fun experience. Like there were some very traumatic events we went through as a family that just still make me want to throw up. Like it's just, I mean, really gnarly. So I've watched this man fail. He's mm -hmm. been an entrepreneur my whole life. He has, he started from nothing, mm -hmm. worked his way up, busted his ass, like took care of his two brothers growing up. He gets back up every single time he fails. He fails. He has failed over and over and over and over again. I mean, my dad has been, I just like, and some of the things I like don't even feel comfortable sharing. I can't, ex if you can imagine the thing that you're like the worst case scenario, my dad's been there. My yeah. dad has done those things. My dad has been in the Navy. My dad has been in jail. My dad has saved people. Literally, I've watched my dad save a woman's life. Like wow. he ran up an escalator. Her hair was caught in an escalator and people were standing around watching this woman fall into the escalator and nobody was doing anything. And I was, I was in high school, my dad. And at this point he was still drinking. My dad bolted up the elevator. I mean, in a split second, this man made so the decision crazy. to bolt up the escalator. He picked the, this woman was like Samoan. She was like 300, 400 pounds. He lifted her up, grabbed her hair, like Sate pulled her out. Her kids are crying. Like that's Jeez. the man that my dad is that like right. he puts everybody else before himself puts he's, himself out there has failed. Like he could have failed at that, but could, at least he tried every you know? day he wakes up and he could fail again and he gets up every day and he does it again telling that man. And we had this conversation last week on Tuesday night. I was crying. I was like a mess and, and it was a hard week for me. And I go, dad, I feel like a fraud. Like, what if I fail at this? And he's like, all right. He's yeah. like, what are you? He's like, you're going to go. You'll just go. So is that going to prevent you from trying? Yeah. And he, and my dad knows me because he's like, well, let me just tell her. He's like, yeah, well then I guess we'll just have to go get you like a regular job. Yeah. And I was like, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's like, it's <laughs> my biggest fear. Yeah, right? I, was like, I will not be going to get a regular job. I will continue to work my ass off. And he, it, you know, it, it's like, like, I just can't imagine telling him like, yeah, I gave up because I didn't want to be uncomfortable. And people said some mean things about me and life is hard. So like his life has been a thousand times harder. Right. And it's like, if you are listening to this, like think of your hero and then think of trying to, or think of telling them like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because I'm scared to fail. Or like, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. They're going to be like, mm, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, like get a real problem. No. Yeah. <laughs> Go do yeah. the, do the thing. Do the, like eat bologna sandwiches yeah. for like weeks. I've never had to eat a bologna sandwich. Well, I ate a couple just because my dad wanted to Wait, prove a point. Why are you, what about bologna sandwiches? My dad used to only have bologna sandwiches growing up. That was like all he had. And then oranges from the orange tree that he would like walk through to get to school with his wow. brothers. It's like, yeah, exactly. Get a real problem. Right. You know, it's like mm, my dad was like poor for a long time. So yeah. Like, you're like, no. It's yeah. Fine. It's, I mean, like with my grandma, you think of like what she came from and then to live the life and that she did. It's just like, I don't want to tell her that I'm not going to try because I'm scared to fail and I don't want to get out of my comfort. Like, no, that doesn't check out. You're a new generation. Your job is to learn from the generation before, take all of the opportunities that they handed to you because they right. didn't want you to have the same stripes that they had. Right. And then move forward, get out of your comfort zone and do the things that they did. Make the people who built you proud. Right. And I mean, my parents are so incredible and also my heroes as well. So I don't want them to hear this and be like, uh, awesome. Both of them are so great. My dad definitely is a motivator. My mom, angel, almost right. like copy and paste of my grandma. So yeah, let's get into some practical application. Let's We're about it. to go way over really sorry, Christian, but we'll, we'll do we'll, this. Quick. We'll do it quick. Um, but we got to give you guys the tips and tricks. We can't not. Um, so 
the first practical application here that we have for you, and let me just wrap this up real quick because I just want to remind you guys of what the breakdown of this is, okay? So one, your comfort zone is a psychological state. It's all in your head and you have the power to change it. You and you alone, okay? You are, you're gonna, you came into this world alone. You're going to leave this world alone, just FYI. Now, part two is that you're going to become vulnerable. It's going to get uncomfortable. That's the whole point of getting out of your comfort zone. Right. Number three, a steady level of performance is not even guaranteed if you stay in your comfort zone. So why stay? Yeah. Okay. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed in this life. I think in the last two years, we've all learned that not even toilet paper is guaranteed. (laughs) You can't even wipe your own ass. That's not even guaranteed. You can't even know that you'll have paper for your ass. Um, okay. (laughs) All right. So practical application one, we've said it before and we're going to say it again. Yes. Create habits, baby. Even if you, even if they make you uncomfortable for a while, um, I would recommend you guys go listen to episode nine. Don't set goals, make habits. It talks about how we break down habits and how to make new ones, like how to break down bad habits and then break new, um, create new good ones for you. Um, and to get you out of your comfort zone and how to live intentionally um, towards the things that you want in life, which brings us to our next point. Be intentional. Should I talk about my candles here? Yeah. I think it's a good opportunity to talk about candles. Of course. Well, it's your why. Yeah. So my why is like creating a space where you can... So the candles have intentions on them. So every morning I light a candle for abundance because I'm starting my day and we got to make money, y'all. And not even just abundance, but like love and caring and support. And then at the end of the night, I light a candle for resilience because you've been through, you've survived a hundred percent of your bad days. Yeah. So just be intentional in like what you're getting after, which brings us to the next point. Remember your why, whether it be your business or maybe your why is your child. Who knows? Whatever it is, remember it, repeat it. Your why is your true north. It is it will always bring you back on track and show you the way. If you have a strong why, then nothing can pull you off. If you, you know, after a long, hard day, I always am like, okay, but what's my why? And it just is grounding. Right. And I think that like, even with your why, even if you are not in a career, you're not in a business, you aren't a parent, any of those things, maybe you're a student. Yeah. What do you want to leave behind on this earth? Because I can tell you after watching two people pass away. Yeah. Nine weeks apart from each other. My grandfather was a very wealthy man who worked his ass off to have a lot of beautiful, wonderful things. The man died alone in an old folks home, like with nothing because you cannot take it with you. What is your why? How do you, what do you want to leave here? How do you want to make people feel? You cannot. Yeah. So all that man left behind is the legacy that he built with our family, which he's Italian. So he's probably up in heaven right now. Very pleased with himself. He's like chef's yeah he's like they're all fiery and out of control just like me (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome but so that you know think about those things like what is your intent and i think Brendan and i talk about this in a lot of other podcast or episodes where it's like our why is our community right it's our family and it's our community we're here to create a better place when you have a strong why and when you it's clear you are more likely to get out of your comfort zone protecting it or working towards it yep number four when you cannot take the heat, do not get out of the kitchen. Okay. Like, remember who you are. Rem- stay there, bitch. <laughs> stay there. Get hot, get sweaty and sort it out. It can be a freaking sauna. Okay. Stay. If there's a fire in that kitchen, somebody has to put it out. And if you're not in there, who's going to do it? So remember you are the man in the arena and something that someone randomly said to us. I don't even know who said that to you. When I was loading up the truck last Saturday, one of my friends, his name is Chad Dorr. He's actually a psychologist, a sports psychologist. He, Ooh. I was like, oh, I, John sure. asked us like, what are you guys talking about? And I was like, oh, we have a hater. And then he said, nobody's don't get booed. Nobody's don't get booed, baby. And it just was like, ugh. Uh, number five, yeah, practice. We touch on this with our authenticity pod. Practicing authenticity takes practice and repetition. We compared it to like getting into physical shape. There's no shortcut to it. You have to put in the work consistently to get the results you need. Same with getting out of your comfort zone. Practice it on the daily with little things. Then it will grow bigger. Then it will grow to bigger things. And once you do it once, you prove to yourself that you can do it. And you can do it again and again. And confidence will build. You'll empower yourself. And you'll continue to grow and change. Yeah. Um, Number six. 
this is so big to me right now. Take space for yourself. If any of you did do your human design after our authentic, was it authenticity that we did it? I think so. If any of you looked up your human design and you are projectors, this is the most important piece. Yes. Like get alone, like go be by yourself, take space to yourself, read a motivational book, journal, watch your favorite show, take a bath, go to the gym, walk your dog. Most importantly, remove yourself from the outside clutter of other individuals. Get out of the fog of everyone else's opinions. They are not you. They don't have your experience. They do not have your skill set. They don't know what it took to get where you are. So keep going and like figure out what you need because I almost just ate the microphone. I just got way too pumped about that. But like everybody needs to understand that like what I said a second ago, you came into this world alone. You're going to leave it alone. Right. And the last one, seek advice from those who have gone before you and lean on your people for support. So find the people you admire. Maybe it's your hero or maybe it's someone who has had success in what you're working towards. Uh, listen when they talk, take notes on their lives, how they live mm-hmm. it, what they do and lean on those people and the people closest to you. So like I said, all the people that criti- like that are criticizing you, there are also fans out there. There's people that are going to boo you, but the people that are cheering for you, lean on them. Yeah. And when doubt starts to creep in, when the negative talk starts to creep in, retreat into your safe place, ask for the motivation from those people. Um, we're going to leave you with some, some facts here. Okay. Um, uh, Britain posted this a months ago, like before we started the podcast, before we got as close as we are now, like she did not know me very well. She posted a photo and it said, I didn't come this far to only come this far. And I say that shit to myself all the time. Yeah. I didn't come this far. I didn't come this far to only come this far. So I'm going to keep getting out of my comfort zones. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, you have no idea what you're made of unless you venture outside of your own familiar world. There is untapped knowledge inside of Mm -hmm. you. And every time you try to do something new, you are learning, expanding your life skills, your self-knowledge. As you do this, you'll also expand the size of your comfort zone. Imagine that your comfort zone can get bigger. Yeah. Just working on it. Yeah. And things being uncomfortable will start to get comfortable. Right. Can you imagine that? All right. We're going to get out of here because we just went so long. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Yep. And y'all know the drill. Follow along. Brit on Blast. Find us at BLFT, Reno, Murdoch, Hats and Apparel, Haven and Flux. If you liked the show, subscribe and review Brit on Blast on whatever platform you guys are listening to. We love you all so much. We hope you have a wonderful week. Cheers. Bye, y'all.